The theme is championships. And expectations. And expectations. It is great coaching, amazing resources, and a lot of players. We're trying to just implement our culture into the building now. Obviously, for me to not get a lot more gray hair. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast here at Georgia Public Broadcasting. Thanks for accessing us however you are doing so. Large device or small, audio, video, podcast, social media, choice D, all of the above. John here, Hannah there. And all right, so it's June. It's June. We have one more. After this, we have one more monthly, and then we get into doing this on a weekly basis. Yeah, and I think next month we have our All-Stars on. I think so the, Yeah, I think be, it is the All-Stars next month. It's going to be awesome for a big season preview. But today, today, we are taking you on a trip around the state to give you three different perspectives from completely... Three different programs but the theme yes is championships and expectations and expectations which we all know uh-huh. begin in june they begin the day after the season the day after the championships <laughs> who are you kidding well spring practice true everyone's I know spring, you know, it's like spring training you know optimism everything spring hope springs eternal all that kind of stuff the day after mm-hmm. the 2022 season was when the 2023 season expectations started for everybody We'll have on the head coach of the reigning 6A state champs, Langston Hughes, head coach Boone Williams, will be on first today. We'll hear from a coach who's never missed the final game of the year in his four years as a head coach. He won two of those with Warner Robins. That's Marquise Westbrook, who is now the brand new head coach at Peach County. And finally, a coach who's trying to win his first state title almost Made it last year to the final game of the year. That's Sean Calhoun at Colquitt County. So, John, this is going to be really fun hearing from three totally different programs and different coaches in different situations. Different classifications, different expectations. You know, you know that with Langston Hughes on a national scale, after what happened last year with all the recruits that are there, you're going to have one more year with Aaron Noland and... What is Aaron Nolan going to do with his college of choice? This He's is, taking some visits. And... Well, there's that. But the thing is, is that you wonder if uh, if uh, if Air basically took his phone, mm-hmm. handed it to Boone, and it's like, here, you answer for me for the next couple of months. And so Boone can sit there and go, no, he's not answering the phone. No, sorry. He'll get back to you later. No, he's got class. I, I just wonder what that situation is. The second that, that Air Nolan steps on the Langston Hughes campus every day, does he just hand his phone to Boone and does Boone sit there? And, and Does he is, have like a separate recruiting phone yeah. from all the phone calls he's getting? It, it is. It he just is, took a big visit, the, though. It is and, the and Boone Coach Williams Boone recruiting phone that, uh, yeah. that he handles with everybody at Hughes. That one's fun. And then, you know, catching up with Marquise Westbrook, who moves across Georgia 247. He goes there and he heads over into Fort Valley, into that environment there at Peach County. Looking forward to that. And then Sean Calhoun, Cockwood County, perennial power. Obviously, their season ended prematurely by their own standards. And so in the toughest region, in one of the toughest regions in the country, how do you respond with that? And we catch up with him to find out about that as well. 
and I've got a pop quiz for you at the end oh, of the show. No. And it's the, the theme is the three schools we're talking about today. So stick okay, around for so that. Commonality of theme. I'll have to think about this while we're well, here. Well, it's not me. necessarily commonality. Just, okay. just 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 hang on for that. Okay. But um, let's get right to it, John. Sure. Let's head to Fairburn first. And like we said, we'll hear from Coach Boone first, see how the Panthers are doing coming off that state title. Hey, Coach Boone, now that the dust has settled, looking <laughs> back has. just a few months ago in December, what was that championship like? It was your first. It was the school's first. What What is your take now? Um, now that I've had time, in a sense, like you said, <laughs> to let the dust settle, it was just looking back on it, it was like, I mean, it was a time. You know, it was, it was, it was monumental for the program, for the county. For South County, for South Fulton, uh, for the school. I mean, I, I'm at if I run to the local grocery store, the Walmart. You know, people still talking about it to this day. How much it meant to the community. I didn't realize it was that big, but it was. I mean, you you come up with this special moment for for South Fulton, and for a, a school that I know that you know when it started. I know everybody was looking at Willie Cannon and what he was able to do there and getting into the playoffs, and now. The last handful of seasons, what you've been able to do with with an offense, I think that just scored again. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's been it's been staggering to see what you guys have been able to accomplish on the field. But you mentioned the impact off the field, and I think that that's just as important for for South Fulton County, an area that has been starved for a championship that you and everybody there at Langston Hughes were able to give them last year. Yeah, I mean, I no question about that. I think that that we've always known what was down here. We always we put in the same amount of time and effort everybody else does. It just it was we was just it was just hard for us to get over the hump. And it was up until, like I said, this past season, because I think Creekside won in twenty thirteen. Mm-hmm. So from twenty thirteen, you got roughly ten years of just stagnant. I ain't gonna say stagnant, but just couldn't get over the hump. But like I said, we locked in the last Last season and the year before that, I think we made strides when we lost the Buford by one point in the state championship. So last year was our year to get over the hump. What did you learn as a coach last year and how are you implementing that into this year's spring ball and looking forward to the fall? Um, I learned last year, I think the biggest thing I learned was leaders, like I talked in a pregame uh, interview before the state championship. Leadership doesn't go 15 games or 10 games. Uh, my leaders changed throughout the season. Other guys stepped up and were more vocal than other guys at some point. And it was, you know, that was kind of one thing that I have never been a part of, the way leadership, you know, in the sense you get captains and stuff at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Those are your guys. But, you know, last year, you know, a guy going to the state championship, getting off the bus, one of our starters, he – took a leadership role getting off the bus. And I think when everybody saw him being emotional and break down and cry, how real and serious that moment was. When you when you look at last year and you carry it forward to this year, obviously everybody everybody knows about graduation. Graduation happens at every school across this planet in this solar system. Obviously you had a lot of firepower and a lot of big names graduate this year. When you look at the group of rising seniors that are now seniors that are going to be with you in 2023, who are some of the folks that we need to keep an eye on that we haven't had the chance to keep an eye on before? Everybody knows about Air and what he can do, but what about some of those other rising seniors and other younger talents that are kind of flying below the radar that folks need to keep an eye on this season? 
um, uh, Jojo Stone, um, uh, Justin Savage, uh, he is definitely one. Um, Trey Page, um, I mean, we got a host of guys that just kind of been with us for three, four years. It's just like Justin Buns, uh, Jordan Thompson. We got guys that have been here. Um, Tavares Dice, just guys that can come in and gonna really help us in that 24 class to continue what we've been, you know, progressing the way we've been progressing. And Aaron Oland is mm-hmm. now a senior. <laughs> I know. I feel like we've been covering know, him forever. I know. So <laughs> how is he looking in practice? And tell us about that offense. Um, man, his leadership, man, he is, I mean, he's a competitor. Since he got since he was in the eighth grade, so now he's been the same competitor. Um Strong will kid. He's gonna lead by example, lead by voice. Um, he just got back from the Elite Eleven. He did phenomenal out there. Um, he took his official visit, I think, to Ohio State this weekend. Nice. So he's, you know, he, you know, he was, and even away, he was leading what was going on here, which is crazy. Like wow. in the group, he's telling them what to do, and he's telling them how to attack the day. And I mean, the person that he is is, man, I can't speak enough about that kid. When you look at 6A this this year, I mean, it's traditional powers out of Region 1, obviously one of the toughest regions in the state top to bottom. It's Brunswick. It's Effingham County, who was 5-1 and one last year. Lovejoy, Woodward, Marist, who made a deep run. Everybody looks at St. Pius, too. You guys, South Paulding, you know, Douglas County, Paulding County. Your region was knocked down, drag out last year. Region 6, everybody's staring at Rome. Region 7, it's Roswell and Alpharetta, maybe BT on the outside, and then the folks that you played in the championship game in Gainesville. When you look at 6A this year, what are you looking at in your class? Um, a competitive uh, competitive class. I mean, I think that the coaches in this um, classification, which I think we had the best classification top to bottom in the state of Georgia, it is great coaching, amazing resources, and a lot of players. Um, so I think this is one of the most competitive group together bunch. I mean, it's not like a big stagger. Like our top teams are our top teams, but with our top teams, it's a it's a bunch of good teams in that six eight classification. I think I mean you named seven schools; they can all go win state championship. Well, coach. Thanks for hanging out with us here on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast, breaking down your spring. You know we'll be banging on your door pretty soon as we get to to summer and August 1st because that's when rubber meets the road and practice starts and you get ready for this massive schedule of yours coming off of it as a state champ. Thanks for hanging out with us here with me and Hannah as we look forward to seeing what Hughes is going to be doing here in 2023. All right. Thanks for having me. One interview down, next one up. And this show so far seems to have been brought to us by the letter F. We go from Fairburn to Fort Valley. Catch up with the head coach of the Peach County Trojans, Marquise Westbrook, and what it's like for him to wear an entirely different color as he has now traveled across Georgia 247 into Peach County. Hey, Coach Westbrook, thanks so much for joining us. It's so different to see you in the gray hat and the yellow and the gray sweatshirt. I'm so used to seeing you in that red and black. So what does that feel like? It's a little different, no. I'm still the same guy, same, same, same <laughs> different colors, different, uh, different environment. But it's it's good. It's good though. And I mean, you know what? 
football means to Fort Valley and you know what it means to, to Central Georgia. It's just now you're getting to do it from a, a different perspective. What has it been like jumping into this situation at Peach County with the expectations that are always attached, that have been there with Chad Campbell forever? What's it been like for you to, to jump into this, uh, you know, just basically hitting the ground running down there? Well, man, it's a different experience. Like, I, uh, like you said, man, the expectations here are really high. They've been able to you know, run off a lot of wins over here the last few years and not just the last few years for, for a long time. And, uh, you know, people expect to win and, you know, just trying to drive that mindset into the, this crop of kids and, you know, trying to get and learn the kids and putting the coaching staff together has been uh, sort of a challenge, but it's, it's been really good. So, uh, we've been able to uh, just grab these kids and, and, and they've been able to, to, to grasp what we've been coaching them and teaching them, and uh, it, it's been all good. We're talking about champions today, and you've got a couple of those under your belt with the Demons. You were in a championship game every year when you were at Warner Robins. What did you learn about yourself then, and how are you going to keep that going at Peach? Well, I <laughs> – I learned that no team is the same, you know, even the ones that we won and lost with, you know, they had different personalities, different attitudes and, and different ways, you know, kids had to be coached. Um, it's no really like a, no blueprint to say that, you know, you can get there this doing this, you know, you got to learn the team and learn your coaches and, and um, just going through all those different experiences, you know, you, you kind of have to cater to, um, not certain expectations from the community and the kids, but you, you got to kind of mold your coaching style to your team. And, um, and just learning that and, and trying to implement that here has been, like I said, it's been kind of a challenge and uh, it, it's going to take a little while to, to get that through uh, their mindset and their psyche. I'm thinking about the day's practice as I'm talking to you now. And, uh, but it's, it's uh, like I said, it, it's going to be really good here. The, the kids here are, 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 are they're really hard workers. I mean, the people here, they, they love football, and I think it's a good formula for success. You mentioned assembling a coaching staff, and, and that is something I think that kind of falls below the radar a little bit. Everybody is attracted to that idea of, oh, okay, Marquise Westbrook goes, and he's the new head coach at Peach County. But now you have to assemble a staff, and they have to all fall in line with you philosophically, what you want to implement, getting acquainted with the kids, all these kinds of things. What, what kind of a challenge has it been like for you to bring in all of those individuals to be a part of this Peach County staff under you? Well, I, I think a lot of it comes with your previous relationships uh, with the coaches um, and uh, some of them who might knew through other coaches um, and just having the right situation happen for – um, for them and for here at Peach, um, it, it was a no-brainer for some of them. I mean, it was a great opportunity to come over, even though, you know, a lot of people think because you're playing a lower classification, it's going to be easier. It, it's, <laughs> that's not true mm -hmm. by any stretch of the imagination. Um, you, you still got to coach the kids, and, um, and the situation has to be right in the building, which our administration here has been phenomenal. And, and getting, you know, the coaches everything that, you know, we need in, in terms of, you know, um, you know, spots in the building and uh, getting us, you know, in front of the kids as much as we possibly can. So they've done a jam up job of, you know, presenting this job as one of the best 
uh, not just in the area, but in the state. So it makes it a little bit easier for coaches to be attracted to jobs like this. And um, so, and then, you know, different philosophies from all the different coaching staffs that has been assembled. Uh, egos have to be put aside and we got to know that it's all about the kids. We got to, every day we got to approach it with, you know, that mindset that is, it's more than just about our coaching prowess. It's about getting those kids across the stage and graduating kids. Absolutely. It's all about the students and the players. So tell us about your new team, some of the playmakers. You mentioned you were thinking about practice today. What's your plan for practice and how has practice been? Just give us the entire rundown about your new team. Oh, man, we got a um, we're, we're really, really senior heavy. I mean, I, I think the kids that are in the front runnings to be, you know, starters are, um, are seniors. And uh, we got a couple of juniors in there who are some highly touted kids as far as like recruiting goes. I think you guys, I don't know if you know Peyton Joseph. He's mm -hmm. uh, one of the highly touted recruits. And then uh, Isaiah Mitchell, who's a receiver for us. He's one of the guys. Both of those guys are juniors. Um, uh, up front, um, I, I think we're going to be really good. Uh, we can be really good. I say that. Um, we got some size up front, our two tackles, Jordan Millerhorn and Peyton's being the other one, or two gargantuan kids who are, are really physical. They play well. Uh, the quarterback, DJ Hudson, who is uh, he's coming from Northside along with Dunn Hudson, our coach. Um, he's going to be at the helm of the quarterback right now. And uh, we got a bevy of receivers that we're going to throw it to on the outside out there. Uh, Dylan Johnson, like I said, I mentioned Isaiah Mitchell and uh, – also, Sammy Williams, he's one of the guys who has been really, um, really good for us in the spring and uh, throughout the summer. Uh, so we in the spring, uh, pretty much injury free. Nice. Um, getting into the summer, that, that's always a blessing. You, know, you can get them injury free. We got a, a couple of nicks and dings, so to speak, uh, here in the last week or so. So we're trying to play that safe and just get them the game one or at least get them to our uh, fall scrimmage versus Copeland. So practice has been going well. They're learning our tempo. They're learning our style of play. They're learning our philosophies, and not just that, but you know, be you know, just the, we're trying to just implement our culture into the building now, and trying to make sure these kids are well off when they leave here. Our last question for you, Coach, and we'll let you go to focus on practice this afternoon. For those who don't know, what are some of the fun Peach County football traditions that you're excited of, to be a part of this year? Well, you know, I mean, Peach is uh, always known for their uh, <laughs> the, the the crowd, yeah. uh -huh. being in front of that crowd, and uh, they, they've always traveled well. Peach has always been one of those teams where you know where if you're going to go to a game, it doesn't matter who's against, they're going to have a sea of black and gold around them, and they've always had a a, a really good entertaining band. So it's a, it's going to be a new band director coming in, and, and just being in that atmosphere. You know, playing against them, it's, it's been intimidating. I'll say that. Every time I lined up against them, it's always been a good game. And uh, so, you know, you're going to get everybody's A game because when you line up against Peach, you know, you're playing against uh, somebody who's tough, somebody who's disciplined, and somebody who loves football. So just being on the other side of that now, being in it, being immersed in it, uh, just trying to prepare the kids for it, and uh, just being a part of this this. This community, it, it's it's a lot, and uh, it, it means a lot. It's been an outpouring of love for, from inside the building in the community, and just being a part of that. I, I just, you know, love being a part of it. 
New school, a couple of years old, new facility, new stadium in the backyard, and Marquise Westbrook gets to be a part of it now as the head coach of Peach County. Coach, thanks for hanging out with us here on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. We'll be obviously keeping an eye on you down there at Peach with your new gig and the new business card. Thanks for hanging out with me and Hannah. All right. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate y'all. Two down, one to go, and we head to Colquitt County. Colquitt County and the Packers' expectation is to always make it to the last game of the year. Friend of GPB and GPB Sports. See, friend, brought to us by the letter F. Sean Calhoun, the head coach of the Colquitt County Packers, breaks down what spring has been like and what they learned from 2022. Hey, Coach Calhoun, so great to catch up with you. You're heading into your second season at Colquitt County. Are you approaching spring practice this year any differently? Uh, well, thank y'all for having me. Uh, no, ma'am. I mean, I think, you know, every every spring and summer, uh, you definitely have high expectations and you want to you want to get better at little things that you obviously weren't really good at last year because uh, you fell short from winning the state championship and you always want to build depth. And um, I felt like we did that in the spring and I really felt like we're doing that in the summer. What were some of the bigger lessons that you could carry with you from last season, not making it to a championship game, not winning a championship, winning game 15? What were some of those big lessons that you carried with you from last year? Experience in big games and in big moments, and those are very hard to simulate in practice. Obviously, you know, you can do different scenarios and everything, but we had we had the majority of our team uh, and a lot of our coaches too, which, you know, is kind of a, it's kind of a topic that a lot of people don't talk about. You know, you talk about your players not being, you know, in the quarterfinals and the semifinals and this, but some of our coaches too. And, you know, we got in the semifinal game last year and just did not, just did not perform and uh, just did not play good enough to win. Um, you know, so unfortunately uh, you need some of those moments because the only way to get that experience is to go through it. Obviously you want to go through it and win, but we weren't we weren't that fortunate. So that was probably the biggest thing is when we get back to these big moments, hopefully we can find a way back to the semifinals and hopefully kind of get over that hurdle so that stage is not too big. Yeah, I know last year did not end the way you wanted it to, but you've got the same team back. Did you lose too many players to graduation? And and uh, what do those juniors look like now as seniors? Well, our our junior class definitely is is uh, hungry. You know, they were definitely you know pretty devastated last year. Um, obviously, you know, we did a lot of good things and, you know, a 13 and one record is yeah. fantastic. Yes. Um, but, you know, you definitely need to find a way, you know, to win that 14th game and to give yourself a chance to win game 15. But, you know, we graduated nine of 11 on defense, um, you know, so, so that's been a, a big, big emphasis, you know, in the spring and the summer, we're returning a lot of firepower on offense and uh, you know, they've kind of left off, exactly where you want them to, you know, with a, a three-year starter at quarterback and and you got four receivers back and two running backs back and three of the five offensive line, you know, offense, you know, may be the, may be the best uh, part of our team. And, um, but that's why defense and, and uh, special teams is so crucial for us to just continue to get better offensively too. I mean, I don't think you're ever, you're ever there as a coach where you, where you want to be, but, uh, but we're trending in the right direction. So then do you think it's going to be where your offense is going to be at full song first and the defense is going to have to kind of come along quickly? Or how do you anticipate this? Because sometimes you'll have 
If there's turnover, the defense will have to carry the offense a little bit. Is this going to be early on in your non-region where your offense may have to carry the defense and, and have high-scoring high games to try to get through? You know, when you look at it on paper, um, I you know, that's probably – that may be the case in a couple games, you know, obviously for me to not get a lot more gray hair, you know, I definitely don't want to, you know, you know, I there's, definitely a few don't more, have, there's a few new ones. <laughs> I definitely don't want to have, you know, the 50 to 40 game, but, but, you know, but I'll say this, you know, every Friday night, if we have one more point than the opponent, you know, that's all that matters. But um, one, one good thing is that obviously you always lose kids to graduation, but we didn't lose one coach. Uh, we had we had a handful of coaches that, you know, had other job opportunities. And the one thing that I know about our staff, you know, and our defensive staff in general is that they're really good. So I know we're going to be breaking in a lot of kids when it comes to Friday night experience. But um, I'm, I'm very confident in our defensive staff to get those to get those boys in the right place and, uh, you know, and to get them playing fast and physical. Take us through your schedule really quick. You start things off at home against Dutch Fork. You always have powerhouses, Lee County, Cedar Grove, <laughs> Lowndes, and Valdosta. But this year you have them all four in a row. So Who is the <laughs> schedule maker that he has to talk to about know. this? Take us through your schedule and um, what were you thinking here? <laughs> well, I, one, great question. Two, uh, I, I inherited that. Okay, so, okay. Uh, so when I took over the job when I got here, I said, all right, you know, let's look at the schedule and see who we need. And they said, coach, we got it for you and slid it. And, and, you know, but, but I couldn't, I couldn't back out at that point. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So, you know, Dutch Fork has won like eight or nine, 10 state championships in South Carolina. So that'll be the classic mm -hmm. that uh, we do with Lowndes. Uh, it was at Lowndes last year. So this year it'll be at our place. Lowndes will play a school for, out of North Carolina first. And then, you know, we got a really good Stockbridge team and then, you know, Lee County is, is obviously fantastic. And so, you know, with us having to try to find, you know, five non-region games, uh, there's not a whole lot of teams that are, you know, that are just really wanting to play us right now. So we got to go and get really good competition, but I really think it helps us for the region. And I really think it helps us for the playoffs. And, you know, obviously you want to win those games. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, the region games are the only thing that matter for playoff seating, but, you don't want to kind of be limping into region play because you're not region schedule. And it's Camden, it's Valdosta, it's Lowndes, it's Richmond Hill, and Matt Lazat has been known to to be a thorn in the paw of any lion that he comes across. I mean, th this is as always. It's one of the most stout regions. It doesn't matter the the size of the region. It is always one of the toughest in the country. And this year, obviously, is no different. It is, you know, and and. Uh, I always look at two things, you know, do uh, they have really good coaches and really good players and I, and all those, all those teams do, you know, it's a, it's a region where somebody's going to be left home in the playoffs, which deserves to be in the playoffs. Um, you know, it's all these blue bloods here from, you know, from, uh, from South Georgia, and, you know, and every team's, you know, battling to be one of those four. Obviously you want to be the one uh, or the uh, two to get some home playoff games, but, you know, definitely going to be difficult. You know, and uh, hopefully we can kind of get through that non-region schedule the, the way we want to and go into region play flying high. Well, Coach, as always, thanks for hanging out with us here on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast, hanging out with us on GPB as much as you do, pulling back the curtain down there in Moultrie. We're keeping an eye on you. Thanks for hanging out with us in the spring. We'll catch up with you because season will be here before you know it.
Yes, sir. Thank y'all for having me. And uh, thank y'all very much for uh, what y'all do for high school football. John, those interviews were fascinating. See, you were supposed to start with the fascinating. It's brought to us by the letter F. Fascinating, which is true. Now, it's really cool to catch up with all three of them because they're coming at the 2023 season from different perspectives. Mm -hmm. The pressure of repeating, the pressure of trying to get back to a championship game and a classification and a town that has the pedigree both in Moultrie and in Fort Valley. Mm -hmm. So, and differing classes, toughest region and one of the toughest regions in the country, one of the toughest classifications across the state. So, catching up with all three is very cool. Yeah, I really wanted to get that perspective out there and have our listeners be able to hear from different parts of the state in three different circumstances. So, And it's always great to catch up with our friends of the show. There you go. Brought to us by the letter F. Okay, pop quiz time. Football Fridays. Pop quiz, pop quiz. Okay, today is kind of like a series of trivia. I think I did this last time. Wait a second. Wait. All right. So I think I did this last time too. Ambassador Jeremy... And Commander Sandy, uh, I, we get we have a, a judgment call here. So so she says there was like one, and now all of a sudden there's like this multiple choice thing that she's starting here. Is this legal? Well, uh, given your skill level, I think yes. Exactly okay. yes. what Sandy said. It's okay. all about confidence in you, John, yeah. that we have. That's your first problem. Yeah. That, all right. So all right. So and uh, go ahead and uh, everybody behind the glass can can have the the answers as well. Because especially if there's anything involving Darlington, we know that uh, Ambassador Jeremy will answer in that. So the theme is the three schools we talked about today. Okay. Which team has had more head coaches since the beginning of their program? Since Hughes, the beginning of the Colquitt, program. or Peach? Um, neither. It's all been two. All three? Programs have only had two coaches. Well, all right. So Hughes has had Willie Cannon and Boone. Since the beginning. Of their programs. Since the inception of the program. Well, then it would have to be, it'd have to be Calkwood, wouldn't it? Because you start with Jim Hughes, and then you work your way through to present day with Sean. And with Peach, I mean, are you going like all the way back? Well, Because Peach County, Chad Campbell, it would be like Chad. It would be Chad and Marquise going back the last 25 years. All the way back? That's part of the question, John. So, all right. So, two at Hughes, two in the last 25 years at Peach. So, by default, I'd have to say Colquitt. It's Peach. Okay. All right. It's Peach. Okay. And then the other series of questions are, how many coaches does each one have? So, you knew Hughes with two. Yeah. Since 2009, Willie Cannon and Boone. Right. Colquitt. Yeah. How many coaches do you think they've had? Oh, since the beginning of their program. But now, the thing Mm -hmm. is... Are you are you including Moultrie High in this, or are you including Colquitt County as Colquitt County High School? How Col- far back are you going? 1978. Okay, so that's Colquitt County. Colquitt County. All right, so let's see. Jim Hughes took up most of that. Jim Hughes, and then Rush, and then... So I'll go six at Colquitt County. Okay. And then when did Peach County start there? 1970, so okay. eight years before Colquitt. Okay, so eight years before Colquitt. Chad, and they have more coaches. Chad, so uh, let's go Let's go eight at Peach, six at Colquitt. You're close. Okay. Eight at Colquitt and 12 at Peach. Okay. They've had 12 head coaches. Okay. I, I didn't do too bad. No, though. you didn't. You didn't. Yeah, I didn't do too bad. You got the, you got the main question wrong, though, which was... 
which team has had more head coaches. Well, okay, no, fine. That's okay. I don't think you've gotten one of my pop quiz questions correct. No, I honestly. don't think I don't think I have either. <laughs> They're a little out there. Maybe I should make them a little easier. No, I don't think you should. And besides, I think that what we also should do is we should canvas everyone behind the glass to see if they can come up with numbers too. Who's better, behind the glass or John? That's that's your 2023 pop quiz. I put quiz. my money on you, John. That's the 2020. All my money with on your, you. With your multi-part, <laughs> mega predicate. Okay, I'll stop doing Complex, that. compound sentence uh, pop quiz. I'll do one question next time. No, but I mean, but that was an easy rapid fire. So that was easy to do like three. That was fine. But no, I think your 2023 okay. pop quizzes, I think that the gla- behind the glass should have part of an answer, okay. a collective, and then I should have an answer, and then we keep track. Okay, great. All right. All right. So that's pop quiz. What else is on that's your mind? Pop quiz. You and Patty went on a vacation. Well, well, we also won something. You and Patty going on a vacation is way more important than our Emmy. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we went to we went to the mountains and hung out for a week like we always do. Caught up with Chad Cheatham at Fannin County. Oh, nice. And played in their touchdown club golf tournament at Old Tacoa Farm. And so fun. Uh, Seth Reese, the quarterback that was a part of the story that we did, played with him, his older brother who's on the staff, and the offensive coordinator. That was my, that was the force. Very cool. We didn't finish last, and that was what was important. That's all that matters. And then, uh, so then, you know, good luck on having any other vacations until uh, Christmas. So yeah. yeah, so we got what have you, what have you and uh, your your husband named John with an H been up to? Well, I hope all the dads out there had a good Father's Day. We had a the first date night of the year, so that was nice. <laughs> first date night of the year <laughs> is in year. June. <laughs> better late than never, oh, I guess. Man, I'm tired. Um, yes, better late than never. And Father's Day was good. We had my parents over. There you go. Um, did so they that's all did they take really care of the girl? On. Did they take care of the girls while you had date yeah. night? See? No, uh, no, no. We had we had <sighs> the sitter come over. Okay, all right. So, yeah. Okay. We gave my parents the night off. John's mom the night off. So okay. We had the sitter. All right. But um, I was just burying the lead. We won an Emmy. There you go. We won an Emmy. Yes, we did for the broadcast for Football Fridays in Georgia's uh, Calhoun versus Cartersville. Very cool. We had two of our games in the live event, sporting event category. It was Mill Creek and Carrollton from the championship weekend, and it was Calhoun and Cartersville from the regular season going up against a couple of Braves games with our friends over at Valley Sports South. And uh, Glenn Diamond, Matt Stewart were there to grab the hardware and bring it back to 260-14th. So very, very thankful for everybody at Natus and at uh, Southeast Emmy for uh Bestowing the honor of GPB winning an Emmy here. So very, very cool. Uh, I think we had seven in the building for GPB on the whole, but sports representing as well with uh, the Calhoun-Cartersville yeah. region triple overtime game that went to like 1140 at night. Ah, uh, that's insane. And you you were hurting. Oh, man. They were like, stick around. Post-game show. And Hannah's, Post-game Han- show. Hannah, Hannah is, Hannah's on life support. It's <laughs> like, like they, needed to, they needed to get, like, uh, infuse Red Bulls, like, directly into her veins <laughs> to make sure that she survived the night. Ooh, that was a long one. Congratulations um, to both of you, by the way. Thank for you. For your huge contributions to that Emmy. Showing up late. <laughs> we were there late. We were hang- We were. We brought it home. Go to the bullpen. Matt and Wayne are off the air. Nikki's done yeah. driving back from Cartersville. So we're the ones who got to hang out late with the crew. And I mean, uh, uh, every single week on Football Fridays, there's a credit roll of like 11 gazillion people and everybody at Georgia Public that makes this happen, top to bottom. Fantastic work. But to to have an Emmy 
for the Football Friday's work in Season 11 as we head towards Season 12. Very, very cool. Yep, it's awesome. Very fortunate. Yes. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. All right, so what else is on your mind? I'm just going to give everybody the rundown. So the monthly... Um, not weekly, yeah. weekly podcasts start in August, right. weekly blogs will be out, yep. um, and then we'll just power through the summer and it'll be here before we know it. Yes. And, and all right. So, all right. So next month it is the all-stars prepping mm-hmm. for the season. So we'll have as many of the all-stars rapid fire as Our humanly possible. And, uh, it'll be great to catch up with them because we know yeah. that means that we're that much closer to having a season kickoff. And when we know our plans, obviously we'll post them to all of our social media platforms. And you know all the stuff that we do on a weekly basis, that we'll be doing. When we know everything else, we'll let everybody know. That's all I got. All right, so that's the show. So let me see who's behind the glass. All right, so Jake the Snake, uh, Ambassador Jeremy was, Commander Sandy hopped into the uh, the, uh, the con. Uh, let's see, Governor Reagan, and uh, was it uh, the Green Thumb, the Gardener? Was uh, was uh, Gar- the Gardener the Green Thumb that... Uh, uh, was uh, the other one who was hanging out with uh, with Governor Reagan over there on the on the ones and twos? Yeah, there he is. See, there he is. So the green thumb hanging out with us uh, for a cameo this week. But uh, the crew that makes this happen every single week, very, very cool, considering they put up with me and my ramblings. Yes, we do. So for uh, everybody here at GPB, for Hannah, for me, for everybody behind the glass, I'm just John. Thanks for hanging out with us for another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. All-stars next month, which means that we are this much closer to football season. Play it safe, everybody. We'll see you next time.